Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the uh, media production uh, class this morning. Thank you so much for coming out. Uh, my name is George Gaxiola, and I'm going to be um, doing the first part, and I'm going to be talking about media and what media here at the Norwalk Church is that involves running the computers that run our PowerPoint, our lyrics, our videos, that run our stage backgrounds. That's what we call the media here at the church, okay? There's another group called the Creative Media Team that spoke on Wednesday, and they do a lot of the graphics. They do our social media. They do our website, and that's the Creative Media Team, okay? And then we have John Hadamil will be coming up right after me. You're going to get a two-for-one deal today, and he's going to be talking about lights, okay? So uh, it'll be enlightening. Just kidding. All right, here we go. All right, so let's pray. Father God, we come before you this morning, Lord, and we thank you so much, God, for who you are, for this opportunity to minister, God, to, to teach, Lord God, and to encourage, Lord. And I just pray that we would decrease, that you would increase, God, and that you, Father, would have your way today, God, that you would just challenge and encourage, God, those who are involved in media, the pastors that are here, everyone that's here, God, just speak to them, God, in your own way, Lord. We love you. We thank you. We ask this in Jesus' name. Everybody says... Amen. Well, welcome again to the class. I want to open up with the scriptures found in Colossians chapter 3, verse 23 and 24. And it says, whatever you do, work at it with all your heart. Now, how many know that you can tell when somebody's doing something with all their heart, right? You ever seen somebody do something and you're like, man, they are not even trying. They don't care. They're just doing it. You know, it's sloppy. It's not good, right? But, you know, the Bible here tells us to work at this with all of our heart. And then it says, as working for the Lord. How many have ever been working someplace and maybe there's a few people and the boss walks in and everybody gets nervous and starts working? Right? Everybody's goofing around or whatever, or maybe it's the pastor or something, but, you know, everybody's goofing around and the boss walks in and it's like, oh, oh, oh uh, yeah, let's get that done. Let's do this. Let's do that. Right? Because they know that that's the boss, or maybe it's the pastor, or whatever. So the Bible says to work as working for the Lord, right? So if we're working for the Lord, then we should be working really hard and giving it our all and, and 100% and all these things because we're doing this for the Lord. And then it says, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. How many of you want to be blessed by God? I want to be blessed by God, right? It's great when people bless you, right? If somebody came up and gave me a Christian handshake right now and they had a hundred dollars, I'd be like, "Man, this is exciting! Praise God!" But when I know that I'm blessed of God, that's another level, right there. When I know that God is blessing me, that is another level. So the Bible says, you know, that you're going to receive an inheritance. From the Lord as a reward, and it says, it is the Lord Christ you are serving. So this is one of my favorite scriptures as a Christian, because in all of my life in serving God for 32 years now, there's been a lot of times where I've had to do things that maybe I felt weren't fair, or why am I the only one doing this? Why do I have to come so early and everybody else gets to come late? Why do I have to stay so late and everybody else gets to leave early? And God says, hey, you're working for me. And I tell myself, I'm working for God. I don't care if everybody else doesn't have to do anything, and I'm the only one that's doing all the work, which is not the case. But if it was, I would say, hey, I'm doing this unto the Lord. I'm not even worried about this. This is all unto God. So today, I want, I've entitled uh, my teaching, Lights, Camera, Action, Now Be an Armor Bearer. 
Okay? And I'm going to talk to you about three things. Number one, what is an armor bearer? Number two, through media, you are an armor bearer. And number three, the needs of an armor bearer. How many of you guys have ever heard of this book right here called God's Armor Bearer? Okay, if you're involved in ministry, I want to encourage you. I want to challenge you. I want to recommend that you read this book. Okay, and this book can be found online at Amazon for just $12. Okay, if you're a Prime member, you'll have it in two days. How do you like that? Okay, you can also get it in a Kindle version for only $7. You can download Check, check, check. John threw out, how about used? John buys used stuff, so how much, John? $3 used. He did his homework from the first session. Good job, John. All right. So this book right here talks about how you can serve your pastor, okay? How you can serve your pastor. And serving your pastor is unto God, Okay, understanding that your pastor is the person that God has placed over you. Your pastor is the person in charge of the church and making sure that he's doing God's work and ministering to people. And then it's how can you come along and be their armor bearer, okay? And what is an armor bearer? It's important that you understand that, number two, through media, you are an armor bearer. And I'll tell you why. Pastor Sergio explained to me a long time ago in our ministry. We've been doing PowerPoint, videos, song lyrics, and all this stuff in our church since 1999, when we first came into this building. For 20 years now, we've had a lot of ups, and we've had some downs. And what Pastor Sergio taught us a long time ago is when it comes to worship, he said, we sing and we play right along with the worship team. And if we fail, they fail. How many of you guys are easily distracted? Anybody easily distracted here? If, I'm, if I've got my eyes open and the worship's playing and I'm looking at the words and it's the wrong words, I'm not worshiping anymore. I'm like, man, let's go. Deciding, go to the next lyric. You know what I mean? Especially being involved with it, I'm even more distracted. Like, man, come on. What are they doing up there? You know what I mean? And so if we are not doing a great job in the media team, then we can affect the worship. Okay, and it says we must be we must be the worship team's armor bearer as they sing and play. We play a major role in the establishing of God's presence before God's message. Worship prepares the heart of God's people to be able to receive God's message from the minister. You know, we're establishing God's presence in in order for people to really be able to receive from the pastor. They got to kind of get into the worship and free themselves of everything that's gone on in the day or the week and then worship God and establish his presence and prepare for that. And that's how important the media team is because if you're doing a good job, then you're facilitating that. You're being that armor bearer for your pastor so that when he preaches that message, people are going to receive it, right? He also said that when we preach or we preach right along with the minister, when the pastor's up all night creating his PowerPoint and, you know, he's got all these videos and all these special animations involved in them, and then we are there doing the uh, media and we don't do it right, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty sad. You know, I prepared the media for this teaching, 
And if the person didn't do it right, it's kind of like, man, I, you know, I was up for hours doing that. You know, and they didn't even, they didn't even play it right, or they missed it, or they, they didn't help me out. They didn't check it. All of these things are so important because we are ministering right along with the pastor. The media team is so important. Your job and how well you do it is so important to ministering to the people because you're the armor bearer there doing the same thing. We play a major role in the delivering of God's message to his people. So as an armor bearer, there are a lot of needs that we have in the ministry of being a part of the media team. So a media armor bearer needs spirituality. Okay? You need to be in prayer. And encourage your workers to be in prayer. You need to study your word. You need to pay attention to the sermon. Because when you're in the media team, you can kind of like drift off a lot. You know what I mean? You're like, boy, I can't wait to go home. I'm having some lunch. Oh, flip the slide. Oh, they're on the next lyric. People are on headsets here in Norwalk. There's like, can be up to like six people at one time. And people are cracking jokes over here. They're doing that. And you're trying to, oh, did the pastor say that yet? You know, and you can easily be distracted, but you got to pay attention to what's going on. But also you need to receive. Being in ministry is not an excuse to not hear the word of God. You can't go home and say, well, I, man, I, I don't even feel the spirit. I was doing media. No, you should be paying attention. But that comes from being in prayer. That comes from studying the word on your own so that when you're involved in that ministry, you can still receive. And be an encouragement. How many of you know when you're in the media team and the pastor comes and says, hey, you guys ready? And he's excited and getting ready to preach a message. And you go like, I don't know, pastor, everything's going wrong. That's not, a, that's not an encouragement. You know what I mean? Hey, are we, are we ready, guys? I, I hope so, pastor. We'll see. We still got five more minutes. I don't know. Man, that is, that's probably the worst thing the pastor wants to hear. Because he's been up for weeks and nights and, and, and praying and preparing the message. And you're like, uh, uh, we don't know. So-and-so hasn't gotten here. They're in traffic. And I, the pastor doesn't want to hear all that. Be an encouragement. You know, trust God. There's been a lot of times where everything's going wrong. And the pastor will come, Pastor Salazar, and say, hey, are we ready? I'll be like, yeah, we're good. And in my mind, I'm going, oh, Lord, there's no way this is going to work unless you get involved. And I love that because I know that God has to do it. I'll sit there and I'll go like, Lord, I can't fix this. I don't know why the computer is doing this. But I do know one thing. We're about to have church right now. This is your house. So you right now make this computer turn on. You right now make this video work because we need it to happen. This is what the pastor wants. But we have to be an encouragement, right? We don't want to be all frazzled, you know, all crazy. Like, I don't know, Pastor, everything's going wrong, and uh, just pray for us. He doesn't want to pray for you guys. He needs you to be ready. He needs you to be good to, to make it happen. You know what I'm saying? Make it happen. A media armor bearer needs technology, okay? You need the best computer you can afford. We just upgraded in our ministry to a new MacBook Pro, which is a laptop. And we used a, a, a desktop computer for a long time, but now we're using a, a laptop. And this laptop is an i9 processor, which is one of the highest processors that are out there for an Intel processor. It has 16 gigabytes of memory. It has a 4 gigabyte video card. And it's important that you have the best technology that you can afford. Okay? 
You know, don't cut corners when it comes to your computers. You know, you might not be able to afford this laptop, but get the best one you can, okay? If you go like, hey, there's one on sale for $100. Let's get that one. Well, check it out. Is it a Celeron processor? If you know anything about Celerons, that means like your computer is barely going to move when you move the mouse. And that's why it's $100. You know what I mean? They're trying to get rid of them. There's, they even still sell Pentium processor laptops. That's before the Celeron. Okay? But people will be like, man, I got, a, I got me 100 bucks. I'm getting that one. And then they're like, man, it's still loading. Hold on. Still loading. Still loading. You know, so get the best you can, whatever that is. Okay? And we're available to always help you out if, if it comes down to, to asking questions. You need software to be a good armor bearer. We use ProPresenter 6 here. We have a site license, which means every computer that we use here in the church can run that program because we have Air Force, we have Break Room, we have Spanish Ministry, we have Youth. And all of, if they have a computer and want to use it, we have a license that covers that. So you may want to look into that. And we can help you out with that as well. We use Microsoft Office 365. This is a program that you can get for $9.99 a month. And you'll have the latest version always of Microsoft Office products. And it can be for up to five different users. You can use them on four different computers. It comes with a terabyte of storage space, cloud storage space, where you can store your videos and your, your PowerPoints and your sermon titles and all these things for just $9.99 a month or $99 a year. Uh, Mac computers. If you have a Mac computer, it comes with Keynote which is another, it's the Mac's version of PowerPoint. And you can use that, and it comes for free on the Mac. Um, also, as a technology armor bearer, you need uh, a media email. Our media email address is media at newharvestnorwalk.com. The pastors email us on their, uh, their preaching PowerPoints via that email. They, uh, if there are any new songs and lyrics, they're sent to us via that email. Um, if there's any special videos for that night, they're sent to us via that email. Offering scriptures, whoever's going to pick up the offering, emails us their offering text so we can put it up on the screens. Uh, one of the first things that we do when we get here is we check our email because we're going to grab the PowerPoint. We're going to grab the offering. We're going to see what the song list is that also gets emailed to us. The other thing that you need is you need a media Dropbox. If you have... The OneDrive and Microsoft Office 365, then you don't necessarily have to have that, but we use one, and we use the same email address for our Dropbox account, and we have a folder in there named Sanctuary, and that's where we put all of our videos, all of our sermon titles, all of our PowerPoints, and we can all access that folder. We share it between probably about a dozen different people, okay, so that we can all access that information. Uh, another thing an armor bearer needs is a process, and this is real important. And after I, I printed out my notes of you guys want to uh, have this process for yourself, but an armor bearer needs a process, and, and our process here is to be one of the first one in, one of the first ones in, and one of the last ones out. You have to arrive early if you're in the media team. You have to get everything set up early so you can get to prayer. And let me tell you something, as I was putting this together, that's, that ministers to me too, because it's easy to get wrapped up in the media team, right? It's easy to get wrapped up in what you're doing, and it's easy to say, well, I can't go to prayer right now because I just got to get this ready, and I got to get this prepared, and there's so much going on. 
But no, we have to get in here early so we can get everything that we have to do done, get into prayer for 30 minutes, and then come back and still be at your post a half hour before service starts. And so we get here an hour and a half before service, 30 minutes to get everything ready, then it's time for the prayer room for 30 minutes, and then you still have 30 minutes before church starts. Now, that may not always be possible, but that's your goal, okay? Let the rest of the stuff be the exception and not the rule, right? The rule being that you encourage all your people to be in prayer. Brother, what are you doing right now? Well, I'm just here in case you need something. Well, go to prayer. You know what I mean? What are all you guys doing? Oh, well, we're just, we're just making sure he's ready. Well, go, go to prayer. Let's get, let's get ready in prayer, okay? You know, uh, we're, we're good and, and move on. The other thing that you want to do in your process is you want to test everything. Make sure the computer and all your equipment aren't working. And then let everyone who needs to know, know early if there are any problems. If you get to there and the computer's not working on, don't tell the pastor like two minutes before service. Pastor, oh, by the way, the computer won't go on. I mean, you know, that's kind of late. You know, let them know immediately. If you have a leader, let them know, hey, listen, we're here right now. It's uh, 730 and and the, the computer doesn't want to turn on. Well, we can maybe swap out the computer, do something different. Somebody can come and troubleshoot it, whatever the case. But don't wait till the last minute. So test everything and make sure. Enter your song list. We receive our song list on Saturday before Sunday. And when that comes in, it also includes our song list for Wednesday. So we're way ahead of the game. We're not waiting. We're not wondering what the songs are going to be for our services. Look through and test the minister's PowerPoint. That's the next step in our process. You know, we don't just assume that everything's spelt right and that everything's working. We get the PowerPoint. We go through it. We look for typos. So proofread, 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 and then proofread again to make sure that everything's spelled correctly because that can be distracting too. God wants to use you. God wants to move through the, through the, the message, but there's typos, and people are like, oh, look at that. It's spelled wrong. <laughs> and they start telling everybody, hey, you see the typo? Hey, look at Look at the third one spelled wrong. You know what I mean? And before you know it, nobody's paying attention to the message. And the pastor's pouring out his heart, and people are texting each other, hey, look at the third line. It's spelled wrong. Oh, that was real right there. Huh? Taking pictures. Eh, look, creating a meme real quick. Oh, look, they spelled it wrong. Brother so-and-so don't know how to spell. Our pastor needs spelling. Lessons. No, I'm just kidding. All right. But anyways, we want to make sure that we do that and we facilitate having, you know, good spelling and all that on there, okay? And um, prepare the announcement video. If you have announcement videos, you want to do that. So you, we, we have a worship practice, uh, usually uh, an hour before the service, and they end at about a half hour before the service. And right at that point, we immediately test our videos to make sure we got sound, to make sure they're showing on the screen. You don't want to do that right before the service because why play the announcement? Because everybody probably already heard it at that point. You know, so play it early enough when most people aren't in there. And then when it's time to go, then you can play it at that time. Um, the other thing is to get your song list in there, you know, and make sure that that's uh, prepared and ready. And a media armor bearer needs an assistant and you need workers, Okay. Uh, you can't do this all on your own, okay? And you don't want to be the only person doing this. I thank God that we have two media teams, basically. We have one for Wednesday nights and Sundays, and then we have our Wednesdays are split between the young adults and, and the, 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 the older people, like myself, you know. And uh, so the media team 
uh, every other Wednesday is ran by the young adults, and that's cool. And so they're being trained and they're learning. And so if, if someone like myself has to step away, they got it. And there's several different workers underneath myself and underneath the young adult media team. So anybody can run it at any given point. And there's so much cross-training that goes on. A lot of the people that do the lights can do the cameras. Cameras can do the lights. Cameras can do the computers and run the media and all that kind of stuff. So make sure you're not the only one doing that. And that's really important. Um, I want to end with a couple of scriptures. And then we're going to bring up John. But in Colossians chapter 1 and verse 2, uh, the Bible says this. And this was Paul talking to the church in, in, in Colossus. And he says, greetings from Paul. This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Christ Jesus and from our brother Timothy. So let me tell you, if you're involved in media and you, or you're a pastor here, you already know you're called of God to do that. And we need to do it with all of our heart. And it says, we are writing to God's holy people in the city of Colossus who are faithful brothers and sisters in Christ. If you're in the media team, you need to be faithful. You know, be faithful. Be there constantly. And it says, may God our Father give you grace and peace. And then the second scripture is in Colossians chapter 1, verse 11 through 14. And it says, we also pray that you will be strengthened with all of his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience you need. Because when you're involved in the media team, you need patience, okay? And you're going to need endurance because there's some times where it can get crazy. There's some times where nothing wants to work. And it's, I heard somebody say this the other day about another ministry, but it's like one of those thankless things, right? You know, where people aren't always coming to and say, Brother, thank you for doing the song lyrics today. That was amazing. Praise God. You know what I mean? But if you mess up, they'll come up to you like, Hey, what happened today, man? The lyrics were all off, man. What's going on? Didn't you guys check the PowerPoint? There's all kinds of typos. You know what I mean? But when everything goes good, nobody's going to come up to you and say, like, brother, praise God. I've seen you here for years. You, every service you're doing the computer, and I just want to, matter of fact, I want to bless you. Here, come here. And that's not going to happen, okay? But we need endurance and patience. And it says that you may be filled with joy, always thanking the Father, and he has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people who live in the light. For he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into his kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. That's our motivation, right? We're doing it all for God. And because we're doing it all for God, he's going to take care of us. He's going to bless us. So I talked about three things today. What's an armor bearer? Through media, you are an armor bearer. You are an armor bearer and the needs of an armor bearer. So I just want to challenge you. Be the best that you can be. So important. And I have copies of this if you want to go through that process for yourself. But understand that you can make or break the worship, and you can make or break your pastor's preaching. Okay? And you're an armor bearer. You, you work right along with the worship team and your pastor. Okay? God bless you, and I'm turning it over to Brother John. So I do the lights. Hello? Check, 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 check. Can I sing a song first? Just kidding. <laughs> you don't want me to sing. <laughs> so I do the lights. You flip the switch, you flip it off. Any questions? <laughs> I thought I was joking. I was kidding. <laughs> um, 
Revelation 21:23, the city had no need of the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God illuminated it. The Lamb is its light. Talking about the new Jerusalem. Thank you, Jesus. And it's all about Him. And what I want to talk about today is, well, first of all, I want to talk about, and we've heard, we've been hearing the preaching. I, want, I always hear that word flow, flow, the flow of the of the service. Click. Norwalk's format. This is this is our service. Everybody enjoy how it just seamlessly changes from song service to announcements to videos to worship. The lights go in and out, and everything is just seamless. And um, we get here, and everything just happens like that. No, there's a lot of work going on in the background. But half an hour of uh, prayer, one hour before, five minutes countdown, let everyone know that we're in sync. We're ready to start streaming. Service starts with the song service. After first song second or second song, there's greetings. Back to worship after last song. The announcements, worship leader says, you may be seated. And that's our key word, to lower the lights and start the video announcement. After the announcements, pastor goes up, greets first-time visitors. After the second hand clap, welcome him, and then he starts preaching. Pastor might have a video, he would announce it. At altar call, care team ushers get in position. Offering, offering song, then we close. All this flows seamlessly, right? You guys enjoy it? It's pretty cool. There's a lot of hard work that goes in all of that. Brother Manny and Brother Eric talked about the audio, everything that they do for the audio. And I'm and I you know, I'm on the lights and I and I see them going up and down, back and forth. I'm glad I'm not going up and down, back and forth, because I'll be out of breath after the first time. <laughs> like, oh, you guys are young and, and, and they can do a better job of that. But um the audio guys, they go through all kinds of changes for the, for the service to flow. The, the, the PowerPoint guys, they, they go through all kinds of changes, and, and everything flows. And, and that's what I want to talk about is flow. For the love of worship. I saw it on the Internet. I thought it was cool. I was like, give me an acronym for flow. <laughs> for the love of worship, yeah. If we are going to worship God with our service, what does God want to accomplish during their service? A lot of times we're in ministry, and okay, we're going to do this, I'm going to do the lights, we're going to do the media, we're going to do whatever. But what does God want to accomplish during the service? What does He want to accomplish, or what does the Holy Spirit want the freedom to do after all this? It's a sanctuary. That's his sanctuary. So what does he want to do during worship? Are we focused about that? What does he want to accomplish during worship? The singer, Jojo's out there singing his heart out. He's being used by God. Or Tony or the worship team, and they're worshiping God. And like George was talking about, the lyrics were late. Or something happens. That connection between the worshiper and the Holy Spirit is broken because now they're like distracted. And the Holy Spirit wanted to minister to somebody that was really going through something really bad or get rid of their problems or they just went through something or something and that connection is broken. How about during the offering? What does the Holy Spirit want 
people to do during the offering. Give it sense? No. He wants them to pay their tithes. He wants them to give. But if if the if the pastor or somebody picking up the offering is is speaking his heart out and God is using him in a mighty way and somebody's inspired to man give a massive offering offering but something happens in the media or something and they're like, Oh, they put it away and they just give a dollar. What does the Holy Spirit want to do during the preaching? He wants to save sinners. He wants to heal people. He wants he wants to speak to people's lives. But if a light's flickering in the background, everybody looks at me because I'm the only one that does the lights, either that or David. <laughs> but it's a distraction, like George was talking about. Talking about it's a distraction. Now the Holy Spirit. Now now the communication is broken right there. Now the whole. Now what if that person leaves and and. And the Holy Spirit was like, man, I want to minister to that person. How about during the altar call? What if all the lights just shut off? Well, Pastor was like, God wants to touch your life and heal you. And all of a sudden, it goes dark. It's like, oh, man. Or, or, or there's feedback. The audio guys were talking about feedback the other day uh, during the... You know, there's feedback or something goes on, but it's the media team's fault. Or something happened because there was no preparation. They talked a lot about preparation. Someone? Click. Uh, we went on vacation. I saw this sign that says, please do not blo- block the flow of water. It was this little thing, water flowing like that. And uh, I changed it to, uh, please do not block the flow of the Spirit with the media. <laughs> and it says, thank you, at the bottom. <laughs> so, uh, go back to that one. I clicked it too many times. Thank you. So, I don't want to get to the theological aspect of this. I just want you to, to um, understand God's emotion behind His sanctuary. In the sixth year, in the sixth month of the fifth day, while I was sitting in my house, and the elders of Judah were sitting before me, the hand of the sovereign Lord came upon me there. I looked and I saw a figure like that of a man. From what appeared to be his waist down, he was like fire, and from there his appearance was like bright as glowing metal. He stretched out what looked like a hand and took me by the hair of my head, and the Spirit lifted me up between earth and heaven, and in visions of God, he took me to Jerusalem, to the entrance to the north gate of the inner court. So he grabbed him by his hair, and he said, Come here, son of man, look what I'm dealing with. (laughs) Pretty much. Sometimes pastors want to do that, huh? (laughs) Come here, man. I know pastor has done that with me a few times. (laughs) No, he's awesome. I love them. Um, to the entrance of the north gate in the inner court where the idols provoked me to jealousy stood. And there before me was the glory of God of Israel, as in the vision I had seen in the plain. Then he said to me, Son of man, look towards the north. So I looked in the entrance of the north gate of the altar. I saw this idol of jealousy. And he said to me, Son of man, do you see what they are doing? The utterly detestable things the house of Israel is doing here, things that will drive me far from my sanctuary. But you will see things that are even more detestable. Then he brought me to the entrance of the court 
uh, to the court, and I looked, and I saw a hole in the wall. And he said to me, Son of man, now dig into the wall. So I dug into the wall, and I saw a doorway there. And he said to me, Go in and see the wicked, detestable things that they are doing here. So I went and they looked, and I saw portrayed all over the walls all kinds of crawling things and detestable animals and all the idols of the house of Israel. In front of them stood 70 elders of the house of Israel, and Jezaniah, the son of Shaphat, was standing among. Each had a censer in his hand, and a fragrant cloud of incense was rising. He said to me, Son of man, have you seen what the elders of the house of Israel are doing in the darkness? Each of the shrine of his own idol, they say, The Lord does not see us. The Lord has forsaken the land. Again, he said, You will see them doing things that are even more detestable. And here he's showing the prophet in the spiritual what God is seeing. Pretty much, does anybody care about what's going on in his sanctuary? What God wants to do in his holy place, in his safe place where he wants to deal with people, where he wants to do miracles, where he wants to minister to people's lives. Then he brought me to the entrance of the north gate in the house of the Lord, and I saw a woman sitting there mourning for Tammuz. He said to me, Do you see, son of man? You will see things that are even more detestable than these. And he brought me into the inner courts of the house of the Lord, and there at the entrance of the temple between the portico and the altar were about 25 men with their backs towards the temple of the Lord and their faces towards the east. And they were bowing down to the sun in the east. He said to me, Have you seen the Son of Man? Is it a trivial matter for the house of Judah to do detestable things that they are doing here? Must they also fill the land with violence and continue to provoke me to anger? Look at them putting the branch to their nose. Therefore, I will deal with them in anger. I will not look at them with pity or spare them. Although they shout in my ears, I will not listen to them. So here he's showing them in the spirit. God cares about what goes on in his sanctuary. The pastor's doing his job. He answered the call. He prepared his sermon. He wants people to get saved. There's so much going involved. But we, as the media team or as the light person, we have a responsibility. God wants to use them to magnify. Uh, wants to use them mightily so he can allow... We can't allow our lack of faith to hinder what the Holy Spirit wants to do during service. Let's go back to our churches and see what we need to do to allow the Holy Spirit to flow. And that is whatever it takes, whether in technology, preparation. Do we care or do we just clock in and out? But do we care about what the Holy Spirit wants to do? He wants people to get saved. He wants to minister. We don't know what everybody's going through in the sanctuary. We don't, we, we don't know. But if we do what we're supposed to do effectively without hiccups as it flows, like in service, like in our sanctuary, Pastor Richard walks up, walks up to us, says, like that, all good? Ready, ready to go, Pastor Richard. Oops. Sorry, Mac. I don't like you anyways. <laughs> I'm a PC guy. Anyways, Pastor Richard knows we're all good to go. You know, and, and he has the freedom to preach his heart out. God uses him in a powerful way. We get ministered to. The Holy Spirit heals. The Holy Spirit touches. People get saved because we're the media team. We're involved, like, like Brother George was talking about. We're there with him. We, we can could, we, we could allow the Holy Spirit to flow through him and, and uh, preach with him, like Pastor Sergio has told us. He said, you guys are important. You guys are there with him. You know, you guys are vital. So um, I was like, man, 
So what what can we do or what can you do? And we're here to answer questions, um, whatever you need. I've been involved in the video, the building process of the whole video ministry of building the computers, um, setting up projectors, running the wires. Um, uh, let me talk about my lights real quick. This is the module that I use for our lighting system. Control the lights that go up and down and, and uh, all over the place. Uh, these are the buttons that I have programmed to do different things. I hit a button, bam. These buttons right here are for the main sanctuary, the house lights, and all the other buttons are special effects and colors and different uh, movements. Um, those are the sanctuary lights right there, how they're placed out in the ceiling and all over the sanctuary. These are the channels for the sanctuary lights, and these are the channels for all the special effects lights, which are a lot of channels. And uh, anybody wants to say, oh, yeah, I want to get involved in lights, and they look at this, and they go, like, uh, could I do the camera instead? <laughs> I'm a loner. <laughs> I got David helping me now. He's cool. So these are more. And a lot of people think the lights are for show. But anybody ever seen this? What does that tell you? Something's going on over there. And that's what it is when, you know, people sit in sinner's row, way in the back. And if the light gets on their face and they complain to me, I did my job because now they're paying attention. <laughs> they know that something's going on. The lights hit them in the face and say, it's worship time. Or, or, you know, the pastor's preaching. Got those blue lights there because the blue light kind of affects your, sub, your peripherals or, you know, it causes you something's going on over there. Subconsciously, it tells your spirit something's going on up there. Pay attention, you know, because people like to sit in the bag, get lost, or you know. But um, that's it. Great job, John. Uh, we got about five minutes. If anybody has any questions, we'd be happy to to answer them. And, um, okay, I see a hand right over there in the back. And we got a microphone, by the way. Okay, cool. Uh, my question is, um, how do you guys propose, like, new investments into the church? Because you guys, both of you guys, I mean, you guys, I know you guys personally, but you guys are always innovating the church. So is this something that Pastor Richard does, or do you guys yourself come and say, like, I have this? How do you go about it? And my second question is, how much do you guys invest individually? Because, like, for instance, like, even in the music ministry, there's certain stuff I want, too, but I don't know if I should ask Pastor Richard for that, or is that something I should be investing myself in? I'll answer that, and then John can jump in, too. So I'll say this. John is really good at proposing new stuff, okay? He's kind of like Pastor Richard. He's kind of like a visionary-type person, okay? And half the stuff that John proposes is just crazy. You know what I mean? <laughs> in a good way. And then that's where somebody like myself may come in and say, well, let's do this, let's do that. But, but we've been around for a long time, so everything's usually pretty formal. We do our research. We'll submit an email to Pastor Salazar. We'll let him know all the different things that are out there, how much it's going to cost, that sort of stuff. And then a lot of what we do, our investment is our life. You know what I mean? For John to run those lights and program all that stuff, 
That didn't happen during prayer or during a church service. Okay? That happened. This guy will be here till 3, 4 in the morning, you know, up till 4 o'clock almost every night. Once a month, he spends time with his wife. And, uh, you know, he's just starting to get to know his kids and all this kind of stuff. You know. And they're teenagers. And they're teenagers. Now he's like, when did you guys become teenagers? This is crazy. Salazar to um, to take care of. Anything you want to add to that, John? Um, well, yeah. <laughs> um, I got in trouble a lot. Um, I spent like most of the computers I spent my money, but because um, I see things and I want things to flow better, so I'll do it and then I'll get in trouble and uh, then, then they'll come talk to me. I'm to talk to you. But it flows better, so I'm like, you know, as long as the church is okay, if they want to hang me outside, I'll be hung, but God is going to move. <laughs> yeah. Are you, were you going to say more? Go for it. No, yeah, yeah, ahead. just a little bit. Um, <laughs> like our lighting system. <laughs> you know, I, I, um, and I, I was doing, I'm blessed. I've been working for the phone company for 21 years. We're so blessed. And that's, that's what I forgot to mention is that everybody involved in the media ministry, we're like super blessed. We're like blessed. True. God is just, I mean, God is just good. I mean, we're super, super duper blessed. And um, um, I'll, I'm able to get stuff. I, I, I see things and uh, I see problems way back. And uh, I'll be like, man, there's got to be a better way. For instance... Like streaming, we were streaming way before a lot of churches were streaming, and before Pastor Richard made it uh, a ministry, I was streaming. Uh, I told John Kobe, and I barely joined the video ministry. And I told John Kobe, and I said, "In a year, by year, we're going to be streaming." I think it was like 2006, 2000, 2007, and uh, within the year, we were streaming, and uh, now it's a ministry. But uh, 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 for a while, we were going to APU. And I was asking questions and, and looking at their wiring, how do they transmit the, the digital video, you know, and, and uh, I would invest in video capturing equipment or whatever just to make it happen and then show Pastor Richard. And then Pastor Richard would, oh, let's do this, and, and, he, would, and he went bigger. That's so, good. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, John. Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say because there's more questions, but just one note for you guys is check with your pastor before you buy anything, Okay. John's yeah. bought a lot of stuff, and he generally gets in trouble for it. Yeah, okay? yeah, yeah. No, don't do what I do. Because, because what's going to happen is if John gets mad one day, he's going to say, hey, all these lights are mine. I'm leaving the church. I and we do don't that, want that. It has okay? happened. John wouldn't do that personally, but he could, right? You know what I mean? So you, as a pastor, as a ministry person, you don't want people buying all the stuff in your church, right? Because when they get mad and decide they're going to leave, God forbid that they ever do, they're going to say, that's mine, that's mine, that's mine, and we're taking it. Then you're going to be in a bad spot. So that's why John yeah, gets in trouble, and that's yeah, why we that. then pay it's, him uh, for the equipment. Yeah, because okay. it has happened. Who has another question? Somebody else. Yes. Yes. Is it best to piece it out piece by piece? Or, you know what, Pastor, let's just... 
let's take our lumps and get it all at once. That way we can have it in place. Sure. Now, every church is going to be different, right? Because some churches may be able to afford that. Some can't. Um, you may need to piece it out. You know, maybe a church would pick up a special offering for that or something. But what you want to do is you want to know your situation. So you want to know, Pastor, listen, we need a new computer. We need new software. We need this. We need that. And give them, give the pastor the opportunity to decide what we're going to do first. Okay, well, let's get the software, and then we'll get the, the PC next, and then we'll do this, and we'll do that. But give them the opportunity and propose it and, and, and do your due diligence to make sure you know, well, we can buy it here, or we can buy it here, or we can buy it here. Here's the best price and all of that. And that's where, that's where God can use you to do the homework and then let them know and then trust your pastor and know if he says we can't do it right now, it's not because he doesn't want to do it. They just can't, you know. And, and there's, we just recently upgraded our Mac because it, the original one had been there for a while and it was starting to slow down. And computers are all ran by software. So every year the software gets brand new and it, be, it demands more from the computer and you have to re- eventually replace them. So when we bought this laptop, we bought the most expensive one that was out there, so it's going to last for a while. If you go in there and buy the $100 Celeron, you're going to want to replace it in a month or two, you know. What did you guys do with your previous computers? Oh, it gets, it gets there's, this is a school, a church, a daycare, a preschool, uh, a uh, community center, so there's so many needs. So anytime a new one comes in, the rest gets recycled through the building. Yeah. I want to add... Uh, for a small, when I talk to the small churches, I mean, I would in, in order for your service to flow, I would invest in a switcher, a good computer, and anything that doesn't cause a distraction. If you have to do any edits, you could switch between a camera or another computer and start with there, and you could build from there. And that way, the pastor has the freedom to flow, the Holy Spirit can flow, and not wait for, oh, can you please change that, and, you know, the service stops. But... Um, you know, anything that would help the, the, the service to flow, the pastor would have Does that answer your question? Consulting fees, if we can get you guys out to our churches to help us out. Is that, John is that works for free, so he's available at any time. I work for I Chick-fil-A. Can, George, I can, Chick-fil-A. I can, no, after, after we're done, if anybody wants to get our emails, we'll be happy to help you. And we've helped churches yeah. for years, and that's what we do. So nothing here is secret. Um, there is no consulting fees. You know, we're not out for anybody's money. Uh, but... Um, I always tell people, hey, if you want to give me a tip, that's fine. But, uh, Pentecostal handshake. There's no, no charge. George. Yes, Pentecostal handshake. Any other questions before we go? Yes. 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 So it's about 700 used, about 550, but PSSL, Pro Sound and Stage Lighting. Uh, there's another one, a red one. It's about 400. It's called the Disco, the uh, Mega Light. It's from Mega Light. Uh, disco, and uh, but there's Chave uh, has them, American DJ has them. Um, do your research and, and see which one will fit better for you. If you have a lot of Chave lights and they have a lot of pixels and all that, you might want to get the Chave Express. There's different modules for your different needs. This one I chose it because um, eventually I was going to get moving lights, and so we ended up getting moving lights, and that was perfect for for our integration. All right, guys, so any other questions, you can catch me and John uh, out and about. And, again, you can get our emails. The pastors are coming in here. They're going to have a meeting right now, so we've got to make our way out. Thank you so much. God bless you guys.